Today we start a new series that we're just going to be in for two weeks before one day, and it is called My City, My Responsibility. This is a simple series that's literally just a, a cry from the Lord to say, hey, you live in the city of New Orleans and the surrounding area, and so New Orleans and the people in New Orleans are your responsibility. Did you realize that the, the friends, the coworkers, the people in your life, your family members that do not know Jesus are actually your responsibility. God has strategically placed you where he has placed you in the neighborhood that he's given you, wherever you're working at, he has placed you in that role because it is your responsibility to go on mission and to reach those people. And I want to encourage you this morning as we get ready for one day to, uh, to just go, you know what? God, help me to take my responsibility of reaching people that do not know you, that I have influence in my life. Help me to take that very, very seriously. With that in mind, I want you to look on the screens in your notes or on your phones or a couple of you that maybe have still have paper Bibles. Uh, John chapter 1, verses 35 through 51 says this. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want, he asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said, let's read that together, those three words. Let's read it like we're excited about it. Let's try it again. Good, good, that's better, he said. It was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? I was trying to just think about that like an illustrated uh, purposes for today's day and age, and the only thing I could come up with uh, this morning was that uh, Atlanta, can anything good come from Atlanta? I thought it was funnier. Let's move on. Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, now here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me, Nathaniel asked Jesus, replied. I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. I want to speak to you very briefly for the next few minutes on this subject this morning. Come and see. Come and see. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, to walk in mission. 
that every single one of us in this room, including myself, Lord, we get it in our heart to live strategically, to live intentionally, to walk in the mission that you have called and created for us. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are doing, going to do great things this morning, and when we leave, Jesus, we will be in unity and in mission. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Well, school started for many this week, and it starts for us tomorrow. Tomorrow's the first day uh, of school, and I just, in thinking about school, one of the things that <clears throat> I think about when I think about me at school is uh, is the fact that there were some subjects that I just couldn't get, that I just wasn't good at. So I thought I'd take a little survey here in the room this morning. Uh, how many of you would say that subject for you was was math, okay? Like, struggle with math. Math for me was uh, the vein of my life. I just hated math, and I just couldn't get it. Christy, uh, my wife, always says that if I see more than two numbers on a page, I get scared, okay? And so uh, I literally just, I, I still have nightmares about math class and just trying to get through that and be able to graduate high school. Uh, but English, I loved. I loved English. I love writing papers. I love reading. I love uh, everything about grammar, spelling. I just love, I love words. I just love, how many of you English was your subject that you hated, okay? And so, yeah, all right. So we're, we make a good team here. And, um, and so then I was thinking about college. That's kind of high school. I was thinking about college for me. And uh, the, the subject in college that I really didn't do well in and that I didn't enjoy at all was, was called biblical languages. Now, if you didn't realize, the Bible actually wasn't written in English. I know all Americans think everything originates with us, but it wasn't, it wasn't written in English. It was actually written in Hebrew, uh, the Old Testament, like before Jesus came, and then the New Testament was written in Greek, and, uh, and that's after Jesus came, was written in Greek. And so, you had to take at least one biblical language to be able to graduate uh, from my degree program. And so I, I thought I'd try uh, Greek. I, I didn't. I only made it through half a semester of Greek uh, before I realized. Now, some of you, are, I feel like a judgment zone happening here, okay? I, I wasn't good at Greek, and so I was like, I think Hebrew, I'd heard from a few people like Hebrew's a little easier. So, uh, so I tried Hebrew, and Hebrew wasn't any easier. It was so bad. I actually remember studying really hard for a test. When the test came, I was so paranoid, so nervous, couldn't remember anything that I had studied. I remember actually turning in a blank test, okay? My first test. How many know that's a bad day in college? Like, that's a really bad day. And, uh, and so I, I have permission to tell you what I'm about to tell you from my wife. But one of the things that I remember about Hebrew was that there was this girl uh, that was this star student in our Hebrew class. She was like the, the star pupil, amazing student. And side note, benefit, she was really pretty as well. And told you I had permission from Christy to share this story. And, uh, and I remember thinking, wait a second, I don't have to know all the right answers. I just have to know the right person. And so I set up a weekly tutoring session with me and this girl and I learned a little bit about Hebrew. I learned a lot about her. And, uh, and so, again, permission from my wife to tell the story. I, I discovered something that's very important. By the way, I met a prettier girl and a made more amazing girl, obviously. Her name's Christy. And I, I discovered something uh, very, very important to, to all of us in a lot of areas, and that is that it's not always about what you know. Sometimes it's more about who you know. And if, if there's a city that has ever known this more, it is the city of New Orleans. 
It is not always about what you know. Sometimes you can have all the right information and you can know everything, but sometimes it's actually more important about who you know. In fact, let me just say it like this. You don't need to have all the answers. You just need to know the right person. And really, this is how this whole movement called the church started. It started with a few guys that didn't have all the answers, but they did meet the right person. And it's the story that we just read in our text today. And I want to just walk through the story with you for just a minute. The story was, was very simple. God had been silent for 900 years. He had not spoken to the nation of Israel, God's chosen people, for over 900 years. So at this point, they're going, God, do you care? Are you out there? Do you exist? What's happening? And then he sends a guy, a prophet named John the Baptist. John the Baptist uh, comes, and he's a little bit of a unique character, different guy. And uh, he, the Bible says that he ate locusts and wild honey and dressed in camel's hair. Uh, I always say John the Baptist might have been somebody that we may not have wanted in our churches, but uh, but he came in and he and he actually just started preaching along the countryside, just telling people to repent of their sin, to turn away from their sin, and turn to God. And he started to baptize people in the Jordan River, and and so John the Baptist baptized people in the Jordan River, and he kind of grew this following. And two of his followers, two of his disciples, were named Andrew and John. Now you got to understand that. When you signed up to be a disciple or a follower of someone back during this time, it wasn't the same as today where it's like, hey, raise your hand. Hey, say a prayer. Okay, hey, we'll see you like once a month or so in church. It was like they sold everything. They literally gave up their whole life, and they, they sold everything. They left their moms. They left their dads. They left home. They literally said, I'm going to be your follower. You are now my primary leader of my life. And so these two guys, Andrew and John, are followers of John the Baptist. And, uh, and one day, Jesus comes on the scene. And John the Baptist is like, whoa, hey, guys, I've been talking about this guy. This is the guy I've been trying to tell you all about. He's, uh, he's the guy that his, his ministry is going to be way, way more impactful than mine. In fact, I'm not even worthy to carry this guy's sandals. And so he's amazing. And by the way, he's the son of God, and he's literally going to change the game forever. He's going to change eternity forever. And Andrew and John are intrigued, and, and they go to talk to Jesus, but they're really, really nervous to talk to Jesus. How many of you have ever had someone in your life that you were nervous to talk? Some of you might have to go back to junior high, okay? But, uh, you know, there she was across the room, too nervous, so you wrote a note, you know, do you like me? Circle yes, no, or maybe you gave it to your friend, you know, and uh, and so the, the girl always circled maybe if she was smart. And uh, and so it, it's that, that nerves. I was at a Saints practice uh, this last week with my kids. I went to a Saints practice, and uh, man, Drew came across the field and was signing autographs. I was like within 10 feet of him. And I was a little, I was like, man, what am I going to say, you know, to Drew, you know? And, and then Sean, who never signs autographs, someday maybe he was close. And I was like, you know, so, you know, it's that they were kind of like in awe of this Jesus character. And so they, they don't know what to say to him. So Jesus asked the first question. He says, what are you, what are you looking for? What, what are you seeking? And they, they don't answer the question because they're so nervous. And eventually, Jesus keeps the conversation going. And then uh, they, they ask Jesus a kind of a strange question. Hey, where are you staying? But really, what they're asking is, hey, Jesus, we realize, even though we're really nervous to talk to you and it seems awkward right now, we actually realize who you are. And we realize that we want to stop being John's disciples and we want to be your disciples. 
And so we want to come with you if you could just, we could just know where you're staying. And he says the words that we're going to hone in on for the next few minutes today. He says, well, just come and see. And so he invites them to come and see. Now, this is what I love about Jesus' method of mission and reaching people is that Jesus didn't have a checklist. He didn't have a, well, if you, after you clean up this part of your life, then you can come with me. After you do this checklist, then you can come with me. Well, you know, do you have these portions of the Torah, the Bible memorized? Then you can come with me. He just literally made an invitation to do what? Come, come and see. He said, come and see. And so Andrew and John, there are his, literally, some of his first disciples. And, and then Andrew runs back to tell his brother Peter who, who Jesus was. And he says, hey, Peter, I, I met the guy. I met the prophet, the guy that everybody has been prophesying about. He's the guy. He's the Messiah. I love that he doesn't just describe Jesus by his personality. He actually describes him by his position. He describes him to say, hey, this is actually the one that we've been hearing about all of our lives, this Messiah, this Jesus, this Christ, the, the chosen one. He says, come and see for yourself. He, he invites Peter to, to come and see. And so Peter comes, and now he's all of a sudden, now Peter's in the, in the picture. Simon Peter's there with his brother Andrew and his brother John. By the way, let me mention Simon Peter is like the, one of the heroes of the New Testament. He's the guy that preached, you know, on the day of Pentecost. He's the guy that's always, you know, banter. He's one of Jesus' closest followers. But I just have to tell you, for those of you that maybe aren't as bold and as aggressive and as courageous and you feel like, I feel so distant from the way Simon Peter interacted and the way he lived his life, because Simon Peter was like that bold, aggressive, loud, you know, put his foot in his mouth type guy. I'm just going to tell you right now, if it wouldn't have been for his brother Andrew, there would have never been a Simon Peter, right? You don't hear much about Andrew, but Andrew actually is the one that brought Simon Peter to Christ. So Andrew says, Peter, come and see for yourself. And then the Bible says that Jesus went with Andrew and John to their hometown, a place called Bethsaida. Bethsaida is this booming, bustling community, and and when they get there, Jesus runs into a guy named Philip, and he invites Philip to come and to join uh, their team. And so Philip says, yes, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll be your follower. He becomes one of the disciples of, of Jesus. And, and then Philip goes, and he tells a guy named Nathaniel, and uh, he says, hey, I've met the guy. This is the guy. This is the, the prophet, the one that we've been hearing about. And, uh, and Nathaniel, and he says, he's the one, Jesus, son of Nazareth. Now, Nazareth is actually where Jesus was from. And I love Nathaniel's response. It was a golden response. He said, he said, Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? You see, Nazareth was not this hustle and bustle city community. Nazareth was this rural kind of backwoods, you know, type place that uh, was known, not had, didn't have a good reputation and, and all of that. And aren't you glad that Jesus came from a place like that, right? I, I just love that. It, it's like everything that we thought Jesus would be, he actually is the, I, like he comes from this place nobody's even heard of or the people that have heard of it, they're like, can anything good come out of uh, Atlanta or out of, Na I mean, out of Nazareth? Like, you know, and, and he says, yes, they, they, they can. And so Jesus has a chance to meet Nathaniel. And when he meets him, he gives him a compliment. He says, wow, this is a son of Israel 
who's a man of integrity. He gives him this compliment, and Nathaniel kind of goes, wow, you, you know, he's intrigued all of a sudden by this Jesus character. Just a side note, okay, if you want to be friends with somebody, good to start with, like, encouragement. And, uh, and so Jesus gives him that compliment, and then he says, Jesus, how would you know that about me? I kind of like how he frames that. Like, yes, I am a man of integrity. How did you know that about me, you know? And, uh, and so Jesus says, well, here's how I knew I saw you under the fig tree that day when you were contemplating who God was. Now, Jesus didn't really see him like in the physical. Jesus actually saw him in a spiritual sense. And so it was like, whoa, hey, you are the rabbi. You're the son of God. Like you saw me, but you didn't see me. There's like, this is the guy. I'm going to follow him. Okay. And so he's, Jesus is like, oh, you think that's, imp- that's not even impressive. Jesus is like, if that impresses you, you're about to be really impressed by what you're about to see. You're about to have your mind blown, Nathaniel. He's, and, and then he says, he, he talks about this ladder of uh, this angelic dream of angels going from heaven to earth, back and forth. And basically, Jesus is describing a, a vision that a guy hundreds of years earlier had had named Jacob, where the, and Jacob longed for the day, Jacob dreamed for the day when there was no longer a barrier between God and people. And basically, Jesus is saying, I am the one that is going to break the barrier between God and people, between my father and everyone else. He says, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to come and see for yourself. It's this issue of come and see. It's this this come and see type movement that happened that that started with just a couple guys and then grew to 12 guys and then grew to hundreds of people and then to thousands. And now here we are sitting here in church today with millions of Jesus followers, millions of people that call themselves Christ followers. And it all started with what? Come and see. Come and see. It's this movement of just come and see. Come and see for yourself. There's another word that I want to throw in here that is kind of uh, similar to this come and see word, and, and that is the word evangelism. Everybody say evangelism. Now, for some of you, you're like, I don't even know what that word is. That just sounds like a kind of a scary church word. Some of you know what the word means, and when you hear the word, you like shudder on the inside. You're like, okay, here he goes, you know, and so evangelism. So I really want to give you just a simple definition of what evangelism means. Evangelism simply means to spread the good news, the good news of who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life and what he's done in your life. Listen, evangelism is not just what he, Jesus has done, it's what he is doing, right? It's what he is currently doing in your life. And our role is to be evangelists, to be people who spread the good news. How many of you have ever heard Jesus presented where it didn't sound that much like good news? Come on. How many of you have ever been in a place where it sounded kind of like bad news, you know? And you're like, man, I don't know why this guy's mad at me, but he's presenting, you know, the gospel to me, and it doesn't sound very hopeful. It sounds like he's mad at me. You know, this is good news, everybody. Everybody say good news. 
This is good news. Good news of Jesus. Good news of hope. Good news of life. Good news of eternity. Good news that your life can be different and your soul can be changed by Jesus. We have good news. We have this good news. There's another uh way to frame the word evangelism, and I think this will be going on the screen for you. Another way to frame it is that an evangelist is actually just an enthusiastic advocate, an enthusiastic advocate. Now, some of you say, uh, I don't know if I'm a Jesus follower yet, so I don't know if I'm an advocate, or I definitely don't know if I'm an enthusiastic advocate of of Jesus and trying to spread this this message, but here's what I want to tell you, okay? You might not be an enthusiastic advocate of, of you know, presenting Jesus to people, but you're an evangelist for something, I promise you. You're an enthusiastic advocate for your favorite. How many got a favorite restaurant? Okay, come on, how many got a favorite restaurant? How many of you are an advocate for that restaurant? How many of you tried to spread the good news of that restaurant? Yeah, yeah, you're trying to tell everybody, you got to eat there, and here's what you need to order. Tell them I sent you. They know me by name. You know, like, you know, you're an advocate. You're an enthusiastic advocate for that restaurant. You're an enthusiastic advocate for a certain business or a, a, a certain place that you shop or a place that you go or or whatever it may be. You're an enthusiastic advocate for, you know, uh, some type of, of a following that you're signed up for. Some of you are enthusiastic advocates of essential oils, okay? Like, man, you are, and you've sold my wife, by the way. She's in. And so, and so thank you so much. It's changed our budget. You know, but, uh, you know, you're an enthusiastic advocate, man. You love essential oils. Everything online is, you know, it's, you know, and so you, we are all evangelists for something. And here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, we have the best news on the planet. His name is Jesus. And we can be advocates enthusiastically for this good news that we have. And here's, here's the great part about this, because some of you are like, man, I don't know how to do this. I, I just feel scared when I, when I think about bringing people to church, and when I think about talking about Jesus, and I just, you know, do I have to, like, have portions of the Bible memorized? How do I do this? Is there a certain version that I'm supposed to tell people to read? Do I have to re-preach your sermon, Pastor, you know, from last week? I, I, I just don't, what if they ask me a question, and I don't know how to answer that question, and I just feel, like, scared when I even think about it. Well, here's the good news, friends. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to know the right person. And if you really know that person, then all you have to do is say, come and what? Come and see. Come and see this person who's changed my life. Come and see this person who's placed me on a different path than I was on. Come and see. Come and see what God has done in my life. Come and see what God can do in your life. A while ago, as the band comes forward, a while ago, Christy and I were, uh, we hosted some people that were really important to us, some leaders that were really important to us, and we, we hosted them here in New Orleans. And, uh, and we wanted to, uh, you know, make sure that we took them to good places to eat, you know, and, and we're not the food connoisseurs that some of you are. We're not, we're not that good at it, but we wanted to make sure that we did well, and so they said that they, they kind of wanted something like not super heavy, but, uh, you know, and not super expensive, and so we're like, well, how about hot dogs, you know, and they're like, really, and uh, 
And we had just heard about this, this place called Dat Dog. How many of you have been to Dat Dog, okay? And uh, for some of you, it's like old news. But, but we were so excited about it. And, and so we took them to, to Dat Dog. And they love uh, that dog. They were, like, raving about us. We're feeling pretty good, you know. Like, and, uh, and we're like, well, if you think that's good, there was this other place, and people at our church were working uh, there at the time, and it was a newer place uh, that had just had one location. Now they've got three or four in our city. And, and we're like, we're going to take you somewhere else for dessert because that's how you do it in New Orleans, right? Like, yeah, and so, so we, we went to District Donuts, okay, uh, for dessert. And they were like, Wow, this is amazing too. And and guess guess what happened? They were like, we're gonna bring people back. We're gonna bring people to New Orleans just for these two restaurants. And and some of you look going for man. You think that's impressive? I got a list. But here's what's fun: we were enthusiastic advocates. We were ad- enthusiastic advocates of that dog, and District Donuts. And guess what happened? They loved it. You know what their response was? When we bring people to New Orleans, we're going to bring people here. So here's literally what happened. We said, hey, it's really good. Come and see. You know what's interesting? I remember trying to explain to this guy on the phone who was bringing his wife with him. I remember trying to explain why a hot dog place was a really good choice for us. Because he was like, really? Like hot dogs? You know, like, and I was like, no, you don't understand. It's like, it's amazing, man. And I finally just landed on, you know what? It's, you just have to experience it. This is not something to be explained. This is something you have to experience. And, and that's the same thing with Jesus. Jesus is not something to be explained. He is someone to be experienced. It is an experience with Christ that will change people's lives. It is not that we have to have all the answers and all the solutions and all this and all our ducks in a row. And, you know, we have to have large portions of the Bible memorized and we have to have every single step. No, this is all us. All it is is us going, hey, come and see. Well, what about this? I don't know about that. Well, what about that? I don't know about that either. But here's what I do know. He is someone to be experienced. And when you experience Jesus, your life will never be the same. Amen? There are things in life that just can't be explained. They've got to be experienced. I was thinking about how this has kind of played out in, at our church, at Saints Community Church. And I, I was just thinking through the fact that uh, Matt Short is here. Matt and, and Kaylee Short are here. And Matt one day was working at a store called Apple and and he knew a guy named Mark Mark Jones and and he met Mark Jones and he just said to Mark one day he said hey come come and see just come just come and see and and then Mark actually asked a, a friend of his named Adrian and he, he couldn't be here this morning I texted him he couldn't be here this morning but Adrian was somebody that was just baptized Okay, uh, a few weeks ago when we did our water baptism service. And, and so you just think about that. You think about how that goes. It was Matt said, come and see. And then Mark just told his friend Adrian, just, just come and see. And, and now Adrian's going to say to another friend, just, just come and see. You, you just got to come and see for yourself. You got to come and experience, not just SEC, but, but Jesus. You have to come, just come and, 
come and see. And I was thinking about Ashley, uh, who invited a guy named Schaefer <clears throat> to church. And then Schaefer invited this couple that he met, Chris and Jessica Thorne, uh, to church. And, and, and I know, I know for a fact that, that Schaefer didn't have all the answers. He, he didn't, he, he didn't have, neither did Ashley. But, but they said, it's, you just got to come and see. Just, just come and see for yourself. Just come and see. And, and I was thinking about even my own life, about this, this uh, guy that I had on, on my soccer team named Ashton. And his parents were Rebecca and Orlando. And uh, Rebecca said that I probably invited them to church like 23 times. She said, I literally have text messages, like long. And she said, you always tried to be creative and strategic. And I, I, I just, in every way possible, I, I did in personal invites. I did text message invites. I, I called. I said, hey, I'll save coffee for you. I'll save a seat for you. I'll come get you if you don't have a car. I, whatever it takes. And she said it was somewhere in the neighborhood of after about the 20th time, I finally just said, okay, fine. Like, you know, we'll come. And and then they came, and they got plugged in. Rebecca in Orlando, who Rebecca is our kids pastor over at our Algiers location now. Isn't that amazing to see what God has done? But that's not just the amazing part. Listen to this. Last Sunday night, when we had our volunteer party here at the church, I met this other lady named Brittany. Guess who Brittany is? Brittany is Rebecca's sister. And she's never been plugged in, into a church before. And now Brittany is plugged into, into our, our Jill's campus. Why? Why? Because it all starts with this. Come and see. Just come. Just come and see for yourself. Just come and see. I want to set you free this week as we prepare for one day to come and see. To invite everyone you know, every friend, every coworker, every family, family member to come and see. And I promise you, when they experience Jesus, their life will never be the same. Amen? Amen.